Hi, and welcome back to HFC. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I don't intend for this one to be long. I think it's pretty short. The only issue is, and asking God to be with me right now as I share this one, um, is it's still a thought in my head, I guess, right now. Something I'm still currently um, going through. And I, I, I wouldn't normally share something that's not unfinished, but at the same time, I'm like, typically, most people who do listen, who are newer to listening uh, to Christian podcasts and, and Christian stuff like that are going to come around, you know, Easter. So I was like, why not? Also, it's Easter related. I don't want to get too far from Easter. But the verse that I want to share comes from, and it's actually very popular. You may have actually heard it during Easter. I know I did. Um, it's Romans 8, verse 11. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Basically saying, we have the same spirit that was dwelling within Jesus, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. And there's even a song. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us, lives in us. Um, <laughs> can't leave a song unfinished. Um, but yeah, the same spirit that, that rose Jesus from the dead lives in each and every one of us. And sometimes I feel like, I feel like that doesn't get as much thought as we, I don't know, as it should it goes back to one of those things where I say multiple times, I feel like you hear something enough times and it just kind of becomes something you know that you never really think about and you never really think about how it affects your life. You just kind of exist in it and know it exists, but you don't really apply it. And and I guess it kind of reminds me of, of like teaching a little bit, I guess. Because when I'm teaching a kid and I and I could be talking about something that they understand fully, it could be something as simple as what goes up comes down. We're talking about gravity, but it, they don't truly begin to understand it until you put it into an, a situation where they can test it and kind of figure out their own, figure out through testing it and actively applying it to realize that, oh, you know, gravity is so much more than what goes up must come down. It's not about coming down. It's about coming towards and, and, and all this other stuff that the understanding doesn't come until you start to begin to use the knowledge. If you just know the knowledge and you're like always aware of, oh yeah, like when I jump, this happens. I always end up coming back down to the ground and, and that's it. Well, yeah, that's all cool and dandy, but that doesn't really change your life. But if you begin to apply it and you begin to think about, okay, how does this affect that? Okay, what can I do? And you're like, well, how does this affect, you know, a basketball, like I'm shooting. I also have to think about the effect that gravity is going to have. I have to give it enough energy to overcome gravity only for it to bring it down into the hoop. But if I give it too much energy, it may go over and gravity may not be able to pull it down soon enough. If I give it too little energy or too little power, you might want to call it, but it's called energy. If I give it too little energy, it's not going to make it and it's going to fall down and be pulled down by gravity beforehand. Not to mention, I also have to push against other forces that might be there, like wind and all this other stuff. And and when you begin to think like that and begin to think that it's there, but do we actually think about what it being there means and how it affects our life? And when we begin to get such a deep understanding by, I don't want to call it experimenting because that is experimenting, but we don't really experiment, I guess, with God's word. We do apply it though. And it's through applying it that we begin to learn about it. It's through investigating and exploring and that we begin to see what it means. It's the difference between reading on paper that, oh, chemical reactions exist, and then actually having a chemical reaction, doing it as an experiment and saying, oh, wow, two things can explode, like baking soda and vinegar, or 
when I mix all the things for a cake, it truly does have a chemical change because I can't bring those eggs out of that cake. It's permanently changed like that. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like sometimes, and I've said this so many times, we hear something, we we know it, but we for, we kind of get so used to it being there, we forget the implications. We forget to shake it up because we keep just hearing it and we grow numb to it. And we're like, oh yeah, the same spirit who dwells in me is the one that raised Jesus from the dead, but I'm going to deal with like this issue on my own. I'm just going to stick through it. I'm going to take all the pain, the sickness. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to allow my family to suffer. Oh, someone's sick. Um, or someone hasn't, you know, accepted Jesus into the life. I'm just going to, I'm just going to hope. I'm hoping, I'm hoping right there. You're going to, ex- I'm hoping you're going to accept Jesus. I'm not going to pray about it. I'm just going to hope about it because hope is everything. And hope is important. God gives us hope. But there's also importance in prayer. We talked about that last week, um, that we should be praying intensely just as we exercise and work out. But what I want to focus on is acknowledging the fact that if the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that dwells in each and every one of us, then are we not capable of the same things? And I've said this before. There was a verse, there's a verse in the Bible that says, um, where Jesus basically says something along the lines of those who come after will be able to do greater than me, not because we're going to be greater than Jesus, but because we have the spirit that he had, but in more multitude, but that we'd each and every single one of us would be capable of Jesus because Jesus by himself was a man. He had a fleshly body like the rest of us. And it's by having the spirit of God within him. And it's by having, you know, the identity as a man of uh, the son of God that that allowed him to do so many miracles. And and if we put into connection some of the things that we learned in the in the identity series where where we remember that we're clothed or clothed, I'm really confused on how to say that. Don't judge me. Um, in Jesus, that we are a co-heir in Christ, that we have the same spiritual identity as Jesus, then one could argue, and it's even supported in the Bible. I just don't know specifically what verse it is, <laughs> because I always forget where um it is. But it's even supported. In the Bible, hold on, I'll look it up. Aha. It's even supported in the Bible in John 14, 12 by Jesus himself when he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And so that's, I hope I'm making sense. How are we capable of doing the same things that Jesus did? One, what, one might argue that we're not Jesus, so that's not possible. But the Bible clearly states that we, when we accept Jesus into our lives, we are clothed in Jesus. We take on the identity, we become a co-heir like Jesus, meaning we have the same identity as Christ. The only thing we're lacking is the belief that Jesus had, the faith that Jesus had. The only thing we're lacking is that that steadfastness that Jesus had, the the crying tears of blood rather than push against what God has spoken and told him to do because he knows matter of fact that this is the only way because Jesus has told sorry because God has told him that it's the only way and so that's the faith that we're missing we're missing that faith aspect we're missing that belief because we are clothed in Jesus that is what it says in the Bible it also states that the same spirit that dwelt in Jesus and rose him from the dead lives in each and every single one of us so if we are capable of of developing our faith, if we are capable of moving that faith, of growing our faith, we are capable of things just as great. And Jesus even says himself, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. 
will do the works that he do, and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. So we are going to be, we are not going to be, we are capable of the same things that Jesus did. Not only that, we are capable of greater things. I think the greater things, I'm not going to twist God's, I don't, I don't know what this means. I, uh, there's been a lot of confusion where I've heard people say, oh, it's not saying that we're going to be able to do the same things as Jesus. It's saying that all together we'll be able to do the same things as Jesus, but it specifically, Jesus just says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes, whoever, not whomevers, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And so right off the bat, I know that that means that we're going to be capable of the same things as Jesus, not because we're as great as Jesus, but because he dwells within us and because his, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, which gives us that capability. Again, it's not anything to do with us. It's not anything to do with us. Don't confuse me on that. Don't get confused on that. Don't start thinking that you're the most powerful being in the world or whatever. And don't start thinking that you can act in your own will. We still have to be within the will of God and we still have to be following what Jesus has set for us. And in that case, we are capable of the same things that Jesus did. But the next part that confuses me, I'm not sure if it means individually we're going to be capable and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Technically, that specifies he, that's a single person. So I guess right off the bat, we know the answer. It's it's just one person. We are capable of more than Jesus did because he went to the Father, because he created that connection. He allowed the Spirit to flow freely instead of just being in in one person. We're kind of be able to do... What I'm imagining it is, is we're having those situations where people have a prayer night and, and you feel the Spirit and someone else feels the Spirit. And it's like you kind of compound off of each other. You're like, well, oh, we are, we're kind of like bumping off each other i don't know how to call it like vibing off each other i'm thinking like musicians like one starts playing a song and another one joins in they're playing like the same song and it's all of a sudden you have like a whole jam session going on because they're just vibing off each other so well and it's like it's becoming so powerful because they're just moving together you know like one instrument is greater than another i know for a fact that that occurs but i guess through reading this i'm realizing that it's saying that one person is also capable more than Jesus because he went to the Father. Not because we on ourselves are capable more than Jesus, but because Jesus lives within us and he made that sacrifice and he restored the connection with God that we should have had all along. But because of sin um, with Adam and Eve, we lost. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, even me myself, I think the biggest thing that that um, Satan and, and spirits and demons and the world can do to us is convince us that we're powerless to convince us that we have no say in what goes on in the world, to convince us that we are just constantly chasing Jesus, but we're not chasing anything. And you need to know that we're not chasing anything because he dwells within us. He is not, you know, down the street, he's within us. And it's all just a matter of faith. Matter of fact, one of the verses that um, I was thinking of, or that came to mind when I was, I guess, thinking on this was uh Romans 12 verse 3 it says for the by, it says for by the grace given to me i say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that god has assigned and it's through that measure of faith that we increase in value it's not through anything else it's not because you know we think highly of ourselves it's not because of whatever other people might say to us it's not because of what we might say about ourselves it's entirely through the measure of faith that we have and so in that way we shouldn't be thinking that we can do things that we can't do but mind you the bible literally says we can do things these things we should not be thinking that we can go and raise random people from the dead. Whatever God has called us to do, we can do. And I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not saying that all of a sudden we can start walking into graveyards and raising people from the dead and speaking life into dead people and making bones 
like flesh come back to bones or whatever, or to rain manna from the skies. I'm just saying, sometimes I think and I feel like we forget, including myself, that we even have that capability. Again, not we specifically, but we through Christ, that we as Christians those who have asked Jesus to come into our hearts and who have been baptized, that we have this capability to ask for this and to receive it. I guess the important thing that I'm I'm trying to point out is I feel like when we don't know that we can ask for these things, when we don't know that these are even an option, we don't think about it. And because we don't think about it and we don't realize that it's cap- it's a possibility, sometimes we begin to doubt when God calls us to things. But we have to keep in faith, I guess. And and the thing that's been happening a lot to me is every time I, I feel an ounce of doubt or I'm like, well, that's it. I, I I just, and I feel like giving up something that um God has been like, I guess, saying to me, speaking to me is to stop in that moment and just rebuke the spirit of unbelief and the spirit of doubting to rebuke any mind-biting spirits because I have to rebuke those things because they're stopping me from believing in what the Word of God says. And I know that I can trust in the Word of God because there is a verse, uh, I always forget this verse, but there is a verse, and you can look it up if you want to, um, that says, the heavens and the earth may pass away, but my Word will never pass away. And so what what it's saying is the Word is constant. The Word will always be constant. The The world will always be constant. Other things may pass away, our houses may pass away, our lives may pass away, but the word will remain constant for all of eternity. It can remain constant as something that we can steadfastly have faith in. And so when the word of God says, the same spirit who rose Jesus from the dead dwells in us, it's telling us that the capability of resurrection from anything is is possible, that the same things that Jesus did we are capable of the same things that Jesus did we're capable of and that we're capable of greater things because he went to the father. And I feel like this is something we need to meditate on because so many times I see and hear people and myself included, like God tells us something and we're like, something happens and we're like, well, I give up. Like, I just don't see how this is going to happen. I keep failing. I keep messing up. I keep doing this. But Jesus literally died. Like, take a moment to think about that. What bigger failure is there than death? You've heard so many phrases, oh, it ain't over until the fat lady sings, oh, it ain't over until I give up my last breath, but God is saying it's not even over then. Because the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is within you. So if God so desires that even in death, he raises you back up to give you another chance, then he will. If God claims something, then it will come to pass. Matter of fact, there's even a verse that I love. I actually, I will find this one because I happen to have it in my things. It comes from Numbers 23, 19 through 20. It says, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Behold, I received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot revoke it. And I think this was talking about the prophet Elijah. I, I should have written the context for that. But there's there's other ones. Romans 4.17, As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. I know for a fact I've shared that one. There is another one. It talks about the fact that while things may not be seeming to go your way, God's intentions never change. Let me see. Um, 
Oh, Matthew 24, 35 was the verse that said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Ah, Psalms 33, 10, 11 says, the Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts other schemes, but the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. So while things may not seem to be going your way, or maybe you didn't get exactly what God, or not even what God had told you, because a lot of times we like to put our own twist on that, what you believed God was telling you, that sometimes the the plan of what you thought was going to happen changes, but the intention remains the same. So if God gave you the intention that you were going to be maybe a missionary and you believed it was to Africa and turns out, no, it's not to Africa. It's a missionary to the state, to the state, um, North of you. And you didn't, you're like, what, why am I going to the state North of me? That's not even like a really a mission strip. And I, I feel like a lot of people think that, and you end up going, you change like hundreds of millions of lives. And no, it may not have been what you, thought God had for you, but it, his intentions never changed. You were still a missionary, just not quite a missionary in what you believed you would be a missionary in. Or maybe you believe God to be calling you to be a preacher, and you, he's been revealing they're going to preach and teach to many, 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 many people. But you realize that, oh, it wasn't preaching on the stage. Maybe you were a preacher by, you know, having you do videos or TikTok or something like that. And, it, and it's it's understanding that while things may occur, that his intentions will never change, that all these verses are talking about the capability of God to do things when you when you cannot believe it, when you cannot see it, when you cannot think otherwise. And so even when you feel like, oh, I can't do this because I've messed up way, way too much, or I can't do this because I just did that. And and when you feel that sense of numbness, and, and maybe you know what I mean, because I, I know that sometimes a lot of times it comes over me and I'm just like, I want to repent. And I do say, Lord, ask for forgiveness. I should not have said that. I should not have acted that way. And I do, but it doesn't really feel like it's it's kind of doing anything, I guess. And that's when you have to rebuke the spirit of unbelief, rebuke the spirit of, of doubting, rebuke the mind-binding spirits, because you have to understand that Jesus says, that God says to come with confidence to him that he has grace for every situation, that God says, you know, his forgiveness is plentiful, that he has unending grace, that he will forget what you have done. There are so many things that talk about the forgiveness of God, that so many things talking about, you know, being filled with the Spirit. And yet, we have this part of us, the the flesh, I guess. It it's, makes sense considering that Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane said, you know, that this the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is telling us, our mind, our heart is telling us, no, you can't fix that. Or no, you can't believe that. Or no, you can't do that. And one of the things that I guess was coming into my, my mind today was this weird thing that, how come there are some things that we can go and just do without seeing, without knowing, we just know, oh, well, that happened. And yet, believing in God isn't one of them. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, I've we've seen people be healed. We've seen all they say. All we did was pray. And yet, I don't know where I'm going to that. <laughs> all I'm trying to say is, we need to build our faith because it's not God that's lacking. We have every tool available. He has given us every word to empower us. We need to begin praying for faith and steadfast faith and rebuking those spirits that would tell us otherwise, rebuking the spirits that would come and numb us in our belief and and kind of take our edge away because they slowly, slowly, slowly. And, and the thing I think of is when, when the devil, 
where Satan was in the Garden of Eden. And he was like, did God really say that? And it's that little thought where you're like, oh, God has this promise for me. And and over time, the devil's just like, did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Are you sure you didn't read too much into that? And he starts to twist the thoughts and to twist our hope and to, and to bring us down so that we, we can't become what God wanted us to be. And we have to trust that no matter the situation, no matter the thought process, no matter what we're going through, that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in each and every one of us, that if something seems dead, if something seems impossible, that same spirit that was waiting over the waters from the first episode we, we um did, was waiting over the waters, thinking on us, thinking of us, imagining us, uh, preparing for us even then, that was sitting over the still waters and and just thinking of how he loved us. That same spirit now dwells within us. That same spirit with that same love, that same amount of love, that abundant love, that abundant grace, that abundant mercy dwells in us, is ready to accept us, is ready to forgive us, is ready to embrace us, is ready to love us, is ready to empower us. Don't let them take your power. Not that it's, I don't mean like your power. I just mean the power that God has for you, the authority that God has for you. And I'm not saying you're going to be super prosperous. I'm not saying you're going to be able to call lightning down from the skies. And I just mean, read the Bible, focus on your identity that we were doing that with that identity series. Realize what God has said is for you. Realize the power behind the words that the same spirit who rose Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that the same God who rose, brings the dead to life and speaks things into existence is for you. Keep that in mind. Rebuke the things that would take your faith from you, that would bring doubts in, that would make you begin to, un, to not believe things. Anyway, with that, let's go ahead and end in prayer. Dear God, first off, thank you for your word that is never-ending, eternal, and never-changing, constant, something that we can rely on. Thank you for loving us and having mercy on us and sending your son to die for us, for giving us the same spirit that did all those amazing things to dwell in each and every one of us. Forgive us for not realizing the potential we have inside of us, for neglecting it, for doubting you. Forgive us for never having the faith to believe. Lord, right now, we rebuke over each and every one of us or the mind-binding spirits that would tell us that that's not possible, that's not doable. We rebuke the spirit of unbelief that would twist your words and the spirit of doubt that would twist your words that you've given us, twist the promises and plans to things that make more sense, that seem more possible, that seem more doable. Lord, we ask you to help us meditate on your word, Lord. Meditate on the word that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in us. To Meditate on the word that the same God who raises the life dead to life and speaks things into existence is for us. Help us to meditate on and realize that internally in our spirit, in our heart, in our minds, in every aspect of our being, Lord. Strengthen our spirit because we know the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, Lord. Forgive us of our sins. Lead us not into temptation, Lord. Just help us to build a better relationship with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hi, thanks for listening to this week's episode of HFC. 
I hope you enjoyed this message and received something from it. The only way I can think of this episode is like the feeling in Matrix where there was like that red pill and blue pill. And I always forget which one like awakens them. But think of this as that moment. Are you going to allow God to begin to shake up your life by truly receiving the actual meaning of that verse? Or are you going to just continue in what you've been doing? Anyway, have a God-best week. Um, Hope you come back next week and thank you for listening. Bye.